are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cod Loop Podcast, episode 173 of the Cod Loop Podcast. I am Don Lark at your boy Tank on Twitter. I'm gonna go and get started the day. Just me in the studio today, and. As it seems, Auburn has lost a commitment of one of their class of 2025 prospects for this upcoming recruiting cycle as Antonio Coleman out of Saraland has officially flipped back to Alabama. So a guy who I, I think committed Auburn, I think March or early March or not March. Uh, I'm trying to remember when exactly it happened. It was so long ago. It was like early on in, uh, last year, part of the little uh, tandem between him and Bleak Autry. Uh, and then I uh, just out of nowhere flips back to Alabama. Probably something probably been seeing for uh, a little bit. Those Saraland guys just always uh, find a way to <laughs> to just uh, give some issues to Auburn fans. Uh, but yeah, uh, not a huge loss uh, in the rankings. Uh, Auburn currently is still at seventh, even after the decommitment of of Antonio Coleman. So and this is still a defensive line class that is still very very good. Of course, you know you have Jordan Crawford. Uh, Kalen Edwards, Malik Autry, and then, of course, you have Ja'Kayla Vock coming in as the edge rusher position. So you still have a lot of uh, great defensive line talent coming in this class. But, yeah, not a huge blow. And we have a Disco Godfather saying, put your weight on it, Dylan College Loop. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the stream, Disco. Uh, But, yeah, uh, not a huge loss. Uh, I can't – I'm not going to stress about too much. This happens uh, so early on in in the 2025 recruiting cycle. Uh, for this year, at least, uh, it's, you're always recruiting these guys. I don't think it's a massive, massive loss that you should really fret over. There's a lot of other guys that Auburn's going to pick up in this class. Because, again, we are very high on where the class 25 is going to end up, whether it be in the top five or whether it be in the top three. I, I think it could find its way either one of those two. Uh, well, in some instances, both. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to have a little bit of a football sandwich tonight. I'm uh, going to round out the show with some combine talks and uh, going over how some of the Auburn Tigers performed in this week's combine. But I'm going to go through the rest of Auburn athletics before then. Uh, yesterday, Auburn basketball took on the Mississippi State Bulldogs in their in their third from or their next to last home game of the season as they took the win, 78 to 63. James, what's up, man? Is the Coleman loss a mutual thing? It just came out of nowhere. It probably is. Because, uh, I mean, if you're looking at it in a, in a way from uh, uh, defensive line coaches, his his now his head recruiter is uh, Von Trell King-Williams, uh, who is the new defensive line coach. I'm, I'm sure he probably had some close ties with the with the previous one uh, before he left for Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I hate that I'm, his name is blanking on me uh, now that I'm on the spot. Uh, but – it, it, stuff like that happens. Uh, but Jordan Crawford seems pretty uh, uh, pretty uh, stagnant with Auburn. Blake Autry recommitted after Texas tried to make a push. Uh, so th- those three guys kind of make up, uh, un- unless like all of them start going, but then that, that'd be the whole other issue to talk about. Uh, but I, I think it's it's uh, it, it'll be fine uh, from where it is. I it might, it, I usually assume whenever something along these lines, it's a mutual uh, a mutual parting of ways. Uh, we got Chris Cosby coming in, Tim Tolmain Taylor also coming in as well. So what's up, guys? Uh, but yeah, Auburn took on Mississippi State Bulldogs. Got revenge on the previous loss they took, embarrassing, embarrassing loss earlier on in the year. Uh, Janai Broom put up 17 points. Denver Jones put up 15. Then you had Jay Will and Chad Baker Mazar both put up 10 points. Chaney Johnson put up eight off the bench. Dylan Cardwell, six. Trey Donaldson, four. 
Katie Johnson three. Leor Berman put up five points and some bad news, a bad turn of events for Leor Berman. It has turned out that he has injured his ACL and will ultimately be out for the rest of the season. So huge, huge uh, morale loss uh, missing out on Leor Berman. He came back for his fifth year, a guy who always puts in the effort on the court. Uh, and at some instances, he's, he's been a pretty reliable uh, source of defense whenever guards get in foul trouble or guards aren't uh, shutting down anybody. You know, I remember against Ole Miss, I think that first contest against him, Leo Rubin went in there and put on uh, put on a seatbelt against Alan Flanagan for a good for a good long while of that game. But yeah, a uh, huge huge loss. Uh, and I know people talk about Leo Berman. It's like he's a, not a factor on the team. He's not part of the whole like our is better than yours kind of kind of thing, but Leor Berman, the effort he puts on defensively is just out of this world. Uh, <laughs> Leor Berman would, would uh, put up 40 points against any, anybody who, who talks crap about him. Uh, it, it just, it, it sucks. Uh, but overall, this, this win is a great win for Auburn. Shot 50, almost 50% from the three point line, uh, 50% from the field. You shot pretty well from the free throw line, especially with Jalen Williams putting eight for eight. Uh, a lot of good things take from this game uh, and just going from after the Tennessee loss. So you're going into Missouri this week and we'll have a whole preview for the Missouri game on Tuesday because uh, that game, I'm not, we're not worried about that game uh, per se, predicting it, previewing it, but something about watching an 0-16 SEC team or 0-16 in conference play, walk in uh, and watch Auburn walk into that arena. It kind of gives me a little, a little chill bumps going on because it just feels like that's a game that just stupidly, stupidly Auburn could lose. But I, I don't, I don't think it, I think Auburn fin- rounds out the schedule uh, with two more wins. But there is like a good chance. There's like a weird, weird world where the SEC could have have a share of five champions for the regular season title, which would be a lot of fun if that were to happen. But I, I don't know if how likely it is to happen. I think Tennessee would need to lose out. Alabama needs to split. Auburn needs to win out. South Carolina needs to win out or something like that. And everybody finishes out with the same losses. It's something, something crazy like that that would that would round out with five SEC champions for this year, which would just go into how just wild this basketball season has been. But yeah, I don't. I don't there's not many takeaway, many negative takeaways from this game. Uh, you kind of let Mississippi State hang in a little too long. Kind of let them have a really good second quarter. Or second half, uh, you gave up Josh Hubbard. Josh Hubbard put up 23. Tolu Smith put up 14. But after, outside of those two, no one else was a factor in this game. Uh, I think the highest after after the 14 from Tolu Smith is six. Then it's four, then or five, then four, then three, then two, and then there's a zero on there. Uh, and then Auburn, of course, they, they got out-rebounded. Uh, th- those are pretty much all the negatives. Uh, the fouls were ridiculous. Uh, Chad Baker Mazzara getting fouled out. Uh, I heard that I, I was unable to watch the whole game because uh, I was out and about, but I did hear from a little from a little birdie that Chad Baker Mazzara did get uh, did get another tech on him. So I would be interested to see how who how he would rank against other Auburn players and in, in forms of getting a tech. Because I feel like he's maybe up to five this year. I swear it's got to be five five or more for Chad Baker Mazzara uh, with technical technical fouls, but. Yeah, a lot of a lot of positives from this game. Not too many negatives, but and you got two more games left in the SEC tournament, which the SEC tournament for basket for women's basketball has already been decided. And after women's basketball, we'll get into the whole ad read stuff. Uh, but women's basketball finished out their season today or yesterday. 
as well, or I believe it was today. Hold on, I gotta my mental brains are not braining. Uh, yeah, yesterday, uh, as they or Thursday took on Mississippi State and beat Mississippi State seventy-seven to sixty behind a record day for on Scott Grayson put up thirty-two points, a career high, and just took it to Mississippi State all up and down the court. Uh, you also had McKenna Eddings who put up thirteen, had a very very good day for her. Uh, she scored her first field goal in like uh, like eight games. Uh, so that was, that was a huge pickup for, uh, for McKenna Eddings and then everything else. Just, it was just, that game was on Scott Grayson, HSG, HSG, HSG all game long. And the defense was just outstanding. And that goes into the next game. Uh, the game that happened yesterday is, or the game that happened, uh, today, actually Auburn took on Florida and, Holy crap, what an ending to this game. Auburn got the win 77 to 74 and rounded out with an 8 and 4 conference, 8 and 8 conference record and the ending of this game was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, honestly, Scott Grayson didn't uh did not lead the team in scoring. She had 16. Uh but Marshawn Bostic off the bench came in and put up 18 points. McKenna Eddings put up 11 off on the bench. Sydney Shaw and Taylor Collins both put up 9 points. A rare uh, Jamamingo Young zero-pointer game. Uh, but I mean, up, up three, uh, Florida gets the ball it goes down the court and, you know, Auburn's pressing. I, I think it might be Bostic and, and, uh, Oscar Grayson are, they're double teaming, uh, the guard and she turns up the three pointer and then in walks Oscar Grayson's right hand and just bats the ball down. It was a wild ending, uh, before they even got the three pointer off to tie the game and ultimately got the win. and secured the seventh seed in the sec tournament auburn will not be taking will not be playing on the first day of the sc women's tournament they'll be playing on day two and they'll be playing against number 10 the 10th seed in arkansas and if arkansas sounds familiar not only in the sec but that is a team that gave auburn issues earlier on in the year like a couple weeks or a couple weeks ago uh, when they lost 74 to 72 in a game that if you watched it, you would be pretty aware that Auburn should have won this game from the get go. Uh, they'll be getting revenge on them for that poor, poor performance. And that just came down to Auburn just having a terrible, terrible third quarter defensively. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a huge break for them to get it going against Arkansas again. But as soon as they, if they were to win that game, they'd go right into LSU, a team that you you split already with. Neutral side game, so it'd be very interesting how the game would play out. But the fact that we are talking about this Auburn women's basketball team being a seventh seed in the tournament, I I would say the the win against Mississippi State already clinched it for me. Uh, but the win, winning out with Florida as well. This this is an NCAA tournament team. Auburn is Auburn is producing two NCAA tournament basketball teams in both the women's and the men's worlds. Uh, we we knew the men's were going to be in the tournament from the get go, and of course we predict. We, I think all of us predicted this was going to happen earlier on in the year. But this is a team that got pro- projected to finish twelfth in the SEC, twelfth out of fourteen teams in the SEC. And not only did they just absolutely surpass all expectations, they did it in such a fashion that it was just too impressive for a coach to have done in just three years. A complete turnaround rebuild, and Coach Jay led that charge all the way through. She did that with the with the players like Taylor, like the Scott Grace and Sydney Shaw, uh, McKenna Eddings that she brought in, uh, Jemimingo Young, Taylor Collins, all those players that she brought in, and really meshed us into a defensive monster of a team that if you let them get hot, 
they're going to cause you some issues. And this is a team that I don't think they make a deep run. I don't know. There's like a, I'm not going to say Sweet 16, but uh, round of 32 seems please seems very plausible uh, for the for this team. Just because whoever they play against, this is not going to be a highly regarded seeded team in the NCAA tournament. And of course, if if the NCAA screws them and puts them in the NIT, Auburn's going to have a nice little NIT championship women's basketball banner to put, hang up. And I'm not opposed to having that at all. That's just how good this team is, uh, and especially if you have them play against like. I'm trying to. I have not seen what bracketology has put for them. I know they were once the, one of the last four in, uh, but they should definitely be in right now. But yeah, this is gonna be a lot of fun to see how this team plays out against Arkansas. They're gonna be playing on March sixth, so starting this week, and we'll have a full preview of that on the Tuesday show, going through that entire game. Uh, right now, if you ask me, uh, Auburn's got that in the bag, uh, and I'm. Knocking on wood for that, but I feel pretty confident. Uh, it'll be a March 7th correction. We'll have a preview on the Thursday show. There we go. Uh, going fully in depth on the different X's and O's of Arkansas wins basketball versus Auburn. And was, this is just a celebration of of just how good Coach Jay has this team and just how, how far along in the rebuild she is. Because, again, this is just absolutely ridiculous to see from, from Auburn wins basketball. I just – after – Three, I want to say, after, I'm trying to measure the coach flow bad years. I think three or four bad years from Coach Flow. Uh, you moved on, got Coach Jay, and of course, Coach Flow was a great, great uh, individual to be around. Um, coach Jay came in, immediate turnaround, uh, just in the locker room in general. It wasn't a team that won a lot of games in year one, it was a team that caused some issues in year two, or and then it just exploded this year and it's just absolutely wild to watch happen uh this is the same team that broke their record for uh just overall attendance in a year and you can slowly feel the energy forming around women's basketball as 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 the season went on i mean they the media team did a great job of hyping up every game uh it's like if you came in here you get a shirt if you came in here you get a cup just trying to get people to feel the stands because this is a team that deserves some respect. They deserve the fans behind them, no matter uh, at what cost. I mean, I, they, the, the tickets weren't expensive. It, it was just, you had to be there. You had to witness what was ha- going on. You, you got to watch, you watch, got to watch Bruce Pearl turn around men's basketball. And they wanted to make sure that the fans watch coach Jay turn around women's basketball it has just been an outstanding thing to watch happen. And uh, if you're not happy about the coming years behind coach Jay, uh, I feel sorry for you. Uh, I I truly do because she is, this is a team that Auburn has the facilities in place to create dominant forces in the sports world. They just need the right person at the helm. We saw that. We're seeing baseball do that with Butch Thompson. We're seeing basketball do that with Bruce Pearl. We are starting to see glimpses of Auburn doing that with Coach Jay. And, of course, time will tell with the other coaches uh, on, on what they can accomplish later on. We're two years into into Coach Freeze. We're uh, four, five, six years into into Mickey Dean. You, you, then, of course, time will tell for those two. Mickey Dean has done some great things at Auburn softball. Uh, trying to just reproduce what, he, what was going on a couple years back with Auburn. Uh, 
and you're you're sitting there watching and you're like and you're watching Jeff Graba build this uh gymnastics fan base up and Auburn sells that every game for gymnastics, sells that every game for men's basketball. And it's just so fun to watch Auburn's like get pretty I, I don't know if they sold out many games. I think they sold out one for LSU. But just to have a, a sellout, just to have uh back to like three records broken in, in game attendance and just watch all this stuff happen. It's just truly it's just truly awesome. It's amazing to watch happen. Uh it, the buy-in is just absolutely outstanding. It is absolutely outstanding. Uh, and I highly recommend that if you didn't make it to a game this year, next year, get your tickets, get tickets early, because this team is going to be a lot of fun to watch for years to come. And if, I guess if you're an Auburn fan, you can hop on the bandwagon whenever, but it, it's better to hop on when the seats are, when the, there's plenty of seats available than after this team starts upsetting a lot of teams and, and, then it starts to get the ball really rolling. But yeah, uh, huge shout out to Coach Jay. Uh, just three short years turned this team into a second week or second day in this tournament and a potential NCAA tournament team uh, in just a short while. So huge shout out to Coach Jay. And then just to, before we get into baseball and softball and gymnastics, and then of course the combine, I'm going to go and let y'all know that thank y'all for tuning in. There's 11 people tuning in right now. So huge shout out to all 11 of y'all. Uh, for hanging out right here at the College League Podcast. I do recommend that if you do so, please uh, leave a like, leave a comment, and of course, subscribe. We are getting very close uh, to 800 subscribers right here on the College Loop. Uh, if you need a comment, uh, you know, leave your prediction for like Auburn football. Leave a prediction for where you think Auburn basketball is going to wind up. Let me phrase that. Seeding in the tournament. Where do you think the ceiling is for Auburn women's basketball in the NCAA tournament? Where do you think the ceiling is for Auburn men's basketball in the NCAA tournament as well? Just to kind of see the where they can go at and let's see. Uh, so James Barnett, Dylan, if the women win their first game in the turn SC tournament, they play a rematch with LSU. What do you think of a, a possible upset? So these two teams split each other with with uh, different home games. Uh, so Auburn won at home, LSU won at home. Uh, it's really hard for me to look at that LSU team and to watch how they played and say that LSU wouldn't just win, but not, of course it wouldn't be a blowout. I would not say a blowout at, at all right now. I, I would say, uh, <laughs> I just say Tim Tomain Taylor's a comment right there. I I'd give the edge to LSU, uh, four or five points. Maybe I think it, it kind of just depends on how, how the crowd moves. That game, that Greenville, South Carolina could very well be an LSU home game. Uh, those fans are loyal. They are diehard, ride or die fans for, for LSU. And you just got to drive to Greenville, South Carolina to watch it happen. Uh, right now, I'd give the edge to LSU. Uh, but weirder things have happened. This is March. This is March. Uh, so, honestly, I think I said it a couple, I don't know if I said it last show or two shows ago or last week. I said that. If Coach Jay gets his team hot at the right time, which I think is very capable right now, and uh, they've been playing like that, this could be a what Kentucky was a couple like yeah last year uh, or two years ago, whenever Kentucky won the SEC tournament. Auburn could be that team. Uh, the issue with if you beat LSU and you get through Ole Miss, uh, who I, I believe would probably win uh, in their in their bracket right below us, uh, move on to the championship where you're going to have to meet Coach Don Staley. And the South Carolina Gamecocks, which, if you're not aware of women's basketball very much, South Carolina, uh, very, 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 one more time, very good, uh, completely undefeated, SEC conference record, 
uh, regular season record, undefeated, never never lost. I I rarely uh, there was a few games where they they won by single digit points. They was they beat Auburn by twenty. Uh, but uh, if Auburn does make the path to LSU, I, I would think that they can beat like Ole Miss in the next round. And then I don't think anybody's beating South Carolina this year. And then Tim Tolman Taylor's gives his ceilings for both teams. Uh, I don't, is, Tim, Tim, is this a, is this ceilings or is this a prediction? I, I just got to know uh, because you say chips for both. Uh, so natural, natural, natural championship for coach Jay and natural championship for Bruce Pearl, which that would, that would also be awesome uh, in and of itself because that would be a uh, nice little ba- banner ceremony. You can hang, have them both going up at the same time. So that'd be, a, that'd be a lot of fun. And uh, as I was going on the ad read, uh, if you've already subscribed, if you already liked, if you already commented, and you're looking for somewhere else to support the show, we have merch. If you just take yourself to the warport.com, go to their shop on the first page is the College Loop Warport Podcast Network sponsored College Loop Feeling Loopy t-shirt that comes in five different colorways only $25 and believe me $25 is an absolute steal because this is the most comfortable shirt you're ever going to wear in your entire life we've talked to 10 doctors they all agreed we talked to uh a neurologist and they said this the shirt is the best shirt for your brain uh it's it, it just it's a ment- mental stimulation shirt like if you have a if you have an like a you have an interview coming up Wear the shirt, confidence all the way up in the interview. You got a, you have a doctor's appointment coming up. Put on the shirt, a complete bill of health. Uh, it's just an awesome shirt. It does wonders. Uh, it's the most comfortable shirt you're ever going to wear. John Conley, uh, guy, he, he was uh, joined us for the last live stream. He says he sleeps in it, and he said he's the best sleep he ever has in the entire life. Whenever he's wearing the shirt, so whatever use you have for the College Loop Feeling Loopy T-shirt, you, know, you can make one, and you can do that today. Uh, if you just take yourself, and there's also a link in the description below for that shirt and let's see that shirt is worth every penny that is james barnett that is a that is a that is a 100 guarantee from james barnett that is the most credible source in in the auburn world no 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 sports world james barnett is the most credible source in the sports world uh saying that so as he knows and chris Cosi as well one of the one a one b the two most credible sources in sports uh chris Cosi as well nice shirt for sure uh see it's credibility See, they got the shirts and the credibility skyrocket. It's it's crazy how that works. Just so if you're looking for a nice shirt to get, uh, go to the link down below and get your own feeling loopy t-shirt today. So Diamond Sports, Auburn baseball, starting off with them. Uh finished two and one in their weekend series versus UConn. Uh beating them in game one, eight to one, losing in game two, eight to four, and then winning on winning today. Eight to two, uh, and today it was just that was an absolute fun game to watch. Again, I was away from the TV yesterday, so I didn't get to watch any sports really. Uh, had a nice little date night with my girlfriend, so you know you got to mix in some some personal life with the sports life. Uh, so uh, UConn did get it done in game two uh, behind just a absolutely ballistic first inning. Uh, scored six runs in that first inning, and then they scored. One run in second and third, and then it was just scoreless until the eighth when Auburn tried to get back in it and only put a one one run and got an eight to four. Uh, it was just a bad game. Uh, just that that inning just completely set aside any chances at Auburn winning the game. It was it was just bad from the get go. But the first game and second and the third game uh, were, was awesome. 
Uh, Auburn put up three runs in the fifth inning and three in the eighth inning in that first game uh, behind Chase Alsup, who had a very, very good standout game. Uh, and it, it was just awesome from the get-go. But in game three, Ike Irish, the man, the myth, the legend himself, had his first career multi-home run game where he put up two home runs. I think they are both two RBI home runs, too. Or at least I know one of them was. Uh, and, yeah, there it is. Four RBIs. He had uh, two home runs. They got Both guys were on base. And he also had a great uh, standout performance from a true freshman uh, and Cam Tilly, who who got on who got on the mound later on in the game uh, after after uh, Carson Myers came off, and he he just shut it down uh, whenever he and when he got in for he got I think got it for four innings, uh, and he just he he took it down he he locked it down. Uh, Auburn did not give up a run uh, a- after the fifth inning. And then, of course, you had Will Cannon come in and just close it out. Uh, and even with the bases, I believe, loaded, uh, he was – yeah, he, he just locked it. He just got it down. Uh, but, yeah, that was a huge, huge win for Auburn, uh, not only just beating up a, on a team. UConn's not the best team in the world. It's just a huge win because you got – the bats were hot all weekend. Auburn scored 20 runs throughout this week against uh, a pretty high, highly ranked opponent. I, I'm going to say a P, uh, not P5 – but a G5, an independent team. I don't know what to call it, independent teams anymore. Uh, but you stand up performance from a lot of guys. Uh, just that game two just left a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, just Joe, uh, Joe Go did not have the best game. And, of course, it's just that first inning. That's all I got. It's just the first inning that did him uh, did him in. Uh, but softball, on the other hand, did round out this weekend with a 4-0 and record taking on Northwestern, USC Upstate twice, and North Texas. And, of course, if you you could have guessed it, uh, Auburn was supposed to play five games this weekend. But due to rain on Friday, Auburn had to postpone and cancel the Northwestern game on Friday, which that rounds out the total to not one, not two, not three, not four, but I believe five cancel like. I'm trying. I'm trying. I think seven cancel cancellations this year uh, for Auburn softball. Uh, so that's fun. Uh, would love it if those games were not canceled because uh, this team definitely does need that extra those extra games uh, going into the year. And it's not because I think this team is bad. I think this team is can can live up to expectations that we have a top five in SEC. I think is where I have this team right now. And I I'm kind of slipping in between a couple of other teams, but th- this team has the talent. Uh, to to get there, uh, they just need to get more consistent bats, uh, and you, you get that with some players. And of course, if you watch the USC Upstate game today, uh, I, I'm sorry if you missed it because that game was awesome. Auburn was down four to two, and came back uh, and got it within four. And I'm trying to get it uh, or tried to and tied it up. Uh, so it was Auburn got the lead two zero in the first. Then USC, I'm going to call it Upstate, uh, went on a four run, or got three runs in the second, one run in the third, went up four to two, uh, scoreless fourth inning, and then bottom of the fifth, Auburn got started, got one, and then got another home run in the sixth with, uh, or Elkins got a home run in the fifth, Isotraspic got an RBI in the sixth, and then in the seventh inning, bottom of the seventh, bases loaded, in walks, Michaela Packer 
not known for her uh hard, like power hitting ability. Uh more of the uh bunt it and gonna out outrun the ball all the way to the all the way to first base. She hit a no doubter ball straight over the fence, grand slam to and I think I said it best last year myself. Hit a no doubter. Oh, oh, oh walk off. Grand slam to win the game against USC Upstate. And I had someone in my someone tweeted me and say Auburn shouldn't need a walk off for this game regardless. You gotta know this this does not have the majority of this game was was pitched by I, I wanna say it was uh Malena Tambora, who is a uh a freshman who had a great game as as a as a freshman. Uh Weger did not have the best start. Uh she got in and kind of gave up those three runs, uh, but it was it was our first I believe her first start of the year, uh, and those things happen. And Auburn, of course, it's not like they didn't play this team before. They beat them ten to four yesterday. Uh, not too upset about this. Uh, it's baseball and softball are like some of the, the are those sports that it doesn't matter how much more talented one team is than another team. They can there's just days where they just look better than they actually are, and you saw that today. Uh, and you saw Auburn powered through and this is one of the best wins Auburn got all year not because they hit a grand slam but because they went down early they USC Upstate doubled their score four to two for the major for a good chunk of the game or yeah the court an inning and like two innings worth the Auburn was down fifth inning gets it within one run sixth inning ties it up bottom of the seventh Shelby Lowe locks it down top of the seventh and then, of course, uh, the rest is history. Auburn Grandson walks it off. You're watching a team that is playing together and getting back into games. That is what you want to see. Auburn's going to be taking on Troy this week. And we'll, I, I believe that's going on on the 5th. So that is Tuesday. So I have a preview of that for the Tuesday show. You just got to make sure. And I also got to check baseball, too, because I did not. Yes, yeah, Wednesday. Preview for that on Tuesday show as well. But you're watching a team that needs games like this. They need these games. They need to get punched in the mouth early. Because this team needs to see how they react to, of course, like I just said, getting punched in the mouth. Uh, three runs early, that sucks. Uh, then going down four to two, sucks. Then you find yourself down. What do you do? You get back in it and you win the game with a walk off. You walk it off, get the win, get out of there unscathed on the weekend, four and zero, and you welcome in in-state opponent Troy before you got to play and travel to Missouri to start off SEC Conference play. This is a team, Auburn is a team that is down a lot of games because they've been canceled. Whether that be, uh, I know Longwood had some issues and had to had to leave the uh, the Plainsman invite early. So I, I count those two as cancellations, but they had issues that needed to be resolved. And of course you had Northwestern, then you had UAB, and then you had Clemson. And you just had Belmont and Illinois and you had Virginia Tech get called early because and because Virginia Tech fans are always pissy about that because they got upset because it got canceled because they were coming back and they were going to win, which may or may not be true. But there's a team that's down a lot of games and they need games like this. Uh, Troy is going to be a huge telling point of how this season might go or how that first weekend might go. Because Auburn's going to need to be at full strength. Because not only do they have Missouri this weekend, 
I don't know if you know this or not, but March 15th, March 16th, and March 17th, there's going to be a nice little team called the Arkansas Razorbacks that are going to be coming in to Auburn and J.B. Moore that weekend. And, of course, you're you're not aware of the uh, drama that went on last offseason with all the transferees out of Auburn. One of those transfers went to Arkansas, and her name is Bree Ellis. And she is already having an outstanding year. So Auburn has to figure themselves out. Need games like Upstate that they had today. Because, I don't know if you know this thought, Brie Ellis can rake. Uh, she can. She is. She might have a chance to knock the eagle off of the tee on top of the like, uh, Jumbotron. Uh, because that's just how hard she hits the ball. Uh, so figure yourself out. This game was huge. Auburn didn't didn't lose this weekend, which is another another great thing. Couldn't say that about the last weekend uh, of, of games, but huge, huge, huge win, uh, a huge four wins for Auburn. But got to get yourself ready. Got to get yourself figured out because you can't have Maddie Penta pitch every game. Shelby Lowe had a great game. You got to have Weijer on on point. You got to have Rolf on point. Uh, and of course, you had Malena who played very well as a freshman and really uh, solidifying how great and how deep the mound is but you got to get more consistent hitters after Amelia Leck and KK McCrary you got to get more people on base you got I say this every time I know I I'm the baseball genius over here you got to find a way to score more runs than the other team it's just a simple matter of life you can't have the defensive showcases are great they're fun to watch but they're also very easy to lose so uh, figure yourself out, and then everything will be fine, and everything will be gravy. Uh, and then in other Auburn news, before we get into the combine, Auburn Gymnastics rounded out their regular season with a loss in Athens. Lost 197. Uh, I'm trying to figure that. 197.55 to 196.9. Uh, just had a pretty meh day on the vault. Scored 49.05, and then had a pretty meh day on the bars. So that pretty much gives that a gives that up for what for whenever Auburn has a bad day on bars it's not really a good day for anybody uh but a lot of a lot of great performances throughout uh you had a lot of nine nines a lot of nine eights but you just had a few that kind of just of course four nine oh five is not going to be your greatest scores in the world uh but after this Auburn is looking to take on and the and the 2024 podium challenge going to be playing LSU George Washington and Texas women's uh this Friday and this is going to be in Baton Rouge. Uh, and this is going to be this will be going on before the quad meet in Nashville. And then, of course, the SC Gymnastics Championships before you get into the regionals, which Auburn nationally ranks. So season's still going on. Uh, just regular season is over with. SEC play is over with outside, you know, playing the SEC Championships in LSU this weekend. Uh, but this team has a great foundation. Uh, you just, again, just get everything playing together at once. The vault has always just been a kryptonite. Uh, had a lot of games where the vault was your best thing, which is a wild thing for me to say with the with this gymnastics team because of last year that was just I could never say that. Uh, it was always like, well, Auburn scored forty nines across the board, but they put up forty six in the vault. That was last year. This year, you have a consistent forty nines. You had a couple of games where you scored your highest on the road this season, and you just got to turn those losses into wins. Uh, and you're taking on a really good LSU team and George Washington and and uh, and Texas women's. Uh, this weekend, uh, we'll have like more coverage of that on the Thursday show. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, again, gymnastics. If you're not watching gymnastics, do yourself a favor. Turn it on whenever it's on. 
Uh, and then to round out the show, the NFL Combine was this week. And I'm going to go a little prospect by prospect. There, Auburn had five attendees of this year's NFL Combine. I'm going to go by how they're ranked per NFL.com. Starting off with DJ James. Uh, he He's kind of uh, stole the show in, in, a, in a way. Not, not for anything. He did outstandingly well. It was more the fact that he put on 11 pounds this offseason and ran a 4-4-2. Uh, currently ranked as the 10th best corner in the league. Uh, and ranked by NFL.com as will eventually be a plus starter at a 6.3. So still overall a great prospect from Dear James. is the highest rate prospect out of all of the Auburn Tigers. Uh, and and, and there's a, uh, the weaknesses they have for him or might lose ground when carrying speed down the field. Lacks desired size, uh, which he fixes that with adding the weight. Uh, and uh, below play average, uh, below average length to play the ball around big targets, more watcher than worker and run support, which we all knew that. Uh, not the best tackler in the world, DJ James is. Uh, but 442 on the on the 40, uh, did very well, uh, in, in the in the in the uh, skills and uh, other things. He, he didn't take place in the vert uh, vertical jump or the broad jump or any of the other drills, but this. This is like one of the worst combines I've ever heard about because you had so many people just opt out of so many things. Because uh, I, I don't think uh, I, I don't think a single Auburn player or former Auburn player uh, performed in all of the uh, events. There we go. Words. Uh, but yeah, uh, huge day for DJ James, showing that he can still run no matter how much weight he puts on. And of course, yeah, Jalen Simpson, who I think out of all of the out of all the five, had the best day uh, for for him and had the best uh, eventual uh, like boost in a draft stock because not only did he finish I think third in safeties and in the forty yard dash, he finished second in the vertical jump and third in the broad jump uh, out of the safeties. Currently ranked as the number two safety per per the athleticism score. Uh, and the 2024 combine say, ranked 12th out of safeties, but currently ranked as will eventually become a starter, which I think, I think is very factual uh, for Jalen Simpson. He is a, I would honestly say probably has the most upside out of a lot of players uh, that are going into, into this combine because the athleticism, the way he can play the ball in the air, he is a wide receiver playing safety. Uh, that's what we saw early on in the year. I know he didn't get a lot of, a lot of interceptions later on in the year. Robin was very injured at, at at defensive back, so he had a lot of had to do a lot of other stuff. Semp did a lot of great things for Auburn last year, and I think he's gonna do a lot of great things. This is a I don't think he's gonna get drafted late. I, I think if a if someone is smart, round three is where I'm looking at Jalen Simpson. He's going to be very very good no matter where he goes, and I guarantee that. I I think of him the same way I thought about Derek Hall in last year's draft. Uh, a team is gonna draft him, and there's gonna be 31 teams gonna be upset they missed on him. Uh, I know I'm, I'm being higher on him than I am DJ James, but DJ James is also going to be very good. But Jalen Simpson is just my number one guy right now. He, I stuck with him. He was my guy. I was like, I knew he's going to lead interceptions and touchdowns. I was right about both of those. So I'm going to be a little, little biased towards Jalen Simpson. Uh, and third, Marcus Harris uh, had a pretty okay day, ran a 506.40. Uh, and he did not do the best athletically uh, in like the vertical jump and the broad jump, but. As a defensive lineman, you don't really need those. Uh, performed pretty well in the reps uh, in the bench press. Uh, 506.40 for, for Marcus Harris, uh, a guy his size is pretty good. Uh, and I, th- I think a lot of D linemen ran around that, except you had one guy who ran a 478, 
which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I think Marcus Harris can be one of the more solid picks uh, if I were to get one. I, Auburn might have three guys going round three, uh, and I think you're going to have the other two guys probably go later on uh, in in the draft. But yeah, Marcus Harris played pretty played a pretty good uh, combine, and of course you had Nehemiah Pritchett who had a great forty. He ran a four three six. Nehemiah Pritchett did, uh, and he, of course he has the same uh, ranking as uh, all like all the last four guys uh, or these last three guys uh, ranking as a potential backup who could develop to a starter ran a four, three, six, 40 uh, had a 34 inch uh, vertical jump. And we know, we know that let us new my Pritchard holds uh, within him. Uh, I think he, I, I remember I always, I always say that Nima Pritchett and uh, DJ James could wind up being the Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean of Auburn football uh, or of in the NFL again. I, Cause if these two get drafted in the same place, I mean, it's, it's GG's for anybody. And if, they, if all three of these DBs go to the Buccaneers, GG's for anybody because Auburn is DBU. Uh, little known fact, uh, by the way. Uh, they're not. They're like fourth or fifth because Auburn just puts in solid guys uh, year in and year out. But anyway, Bridget, a guy who I think athletically is going to get up drafted uh, higher than most people probably have him ranked uh, just because that is just how – athletic he is and i know i'm saying athletic a lot and that's because he just is uh he is a freak uh and uh, if they just mesh him into a better coverage guy uh he he'll he'll get there and he'll be a name people remember in the nfl and then lastly justin rogers was the last auburn tiger to take to take part in the nfl combine auburn had five players five defensive players go in uh five players all defensive there we go uh currently ranked as an average backup or special teamer so probably gonna be your day day three guys going in uh did not take place uh did not try out the 40 uh yard dash but he did take place in the vertical jump which ran a 24 and a half inches broad jump eight foot three and then 20 yard shuttle he ran a four eight seven and the bench press had a 21 reps on that uh not the most athletic guy in the world uh justin rogers but also he's six foot two and a half 330 pounds so if you're looking for athletic at that size uh, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but uh, he had a pretty meh day, I would say. Uh, he, he's, you know, as as Lance Zerline says on NFL.com, you, what you see is what you get. That's what you're getting. Uh, exactly. Uh, he, You're getting a nose tackle in Justin Rogers because he is a nose tackle. He is your, I'm going to load him up, line him up against the center and try to run against him and see if you can move him. That That is what Justin Rogers is. I don't know how likely he is to go like round five, but round six, round seven sounds good for Justin Rogers. Uh, I just don't think he is. I don't think he possesses the, the the athleticism and the speed needed for what you want in a defensive tackle. Because I don't know many NFL teams that are set on nose tackles. Uh, I don't know um, many teams that run with those. I know a lot of defensive tackles are in the league, but I don't know of any nose tackles. Uh, but that's why I'm so high on Marcus Harris because I think he's a very solid defensive tackle, and I mean he's not gonna he's not gonna, gonna be a Derek Brown in the league. He'll be a very solid uh, backup, like kind of like a Montrevious Adams uh, for Marcus Harris, or at least early on in his career. Uh, but Justin Rogers, I I think that he'll be your like third string guy. You put in like third and goal, put in the big boys so they can't move him, kind of guy. Uh, if I'm wrong, it'd be awesome. I would love for all five of these guys to work out and be all pro NFL Hall of Fame kind of guys. But the, I, after the first three, uh, well, first four, I don't, I don't see. Or, 
there's a lot of players and that came up for pro day. I would love to go to pro day uh, to see who all tries out and who all does. It. If Cam didn't were to show up again, it'd be awesome. Uh, I fangirl uh, if you would. Uh, but I don't, the, the Auburn is not, is going to have a very like quiet day one and a half of, of this, of this draft. Cause I don't think James is going to get you Roger McCreary level and go like around early round two and have Derek Hall go early round two as well. Uh, so this will be a, it'll be a fun draft. I finally get to enjoy my birthday for once, uh, outside of the draft. So that'll be a lot of fun. My birthday is April 28th. Uh, and, uh, usually the draft is on my birthday. It is not this year. So that's going to be a lot of fun to finally enjoy that. Cause that's going to be, that's a rare occurrence, but that is all I have for the, for the day of the college loop. Of course, if you're looking for me anywhere, I am Dylan Lark at your tank on Twitter. That is at Y A B O Y the tank. It's also right let me get, move over a little bit right there. Uh, visual aid. Also in the description below as well. Instagram, you have me at Dylan Lark at D-Y-L-N-L-A-R-C-K. If you need to know how to spell my name, it is just right right there as well. Uh, don't forget to see. Uh, a lot of people forget that whenever they email me, text me, or talk to me or anything along those lines. And, of course, if you look for me anywhere, I see me on the college loop where that's either right here on YouTube, it's on Instagram, it's on TikTok, it's on Twitter, it's on all of those beautiful social media pages. Visual aid for college loop. Right up here. There we go. Fingers. There we go. The college loop. Uh, don't need to spell that out for you. It's the college loop. And of course, tired of seeing my face. I completely understand it. Uh, I get tired of seeing Tar's face uh, most of the time on Tuesday and Thursday and Sundays. Uh, and he completely gets it too because he feels the same way about me. But we have visual uh, or we have audio versions of the show as well on Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Thank you, P-Pass, for tuning in. And with all of that being said, War Eagle. And this has been the College Loop Podcast, and thanks for watching.